You're listening to the Tiny Course Empire podcast with Cindy Bidar. This is episode number 13. Today, we're talking contingency plans. In other words, I want you to start thinking about what you'll do should there ever come a day when you can't work. I know this is not the happiest of topics, but it's one that small business owners tend to ignore or we put it off for another day. But you are smarter than that. So stick around and let's talk about how we handle those unexpected emergencies that have a habit of cropping up when you least expect them. Welcome to the Tiny Course Empire podcast, a weekly show dedicated to helping you launch and grow your digital course business, even if you don't have a big team or a six-figure ads budget. We'll help you design smart systems, take consistent action, and achieve massive success on your own terms. Now, here's your host, Cindy Bedar. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Tiny Course Empire podcast. You will find the show notes for this episode at tinycourseempire.com slash 13, along with my recommended resources and a downloadable checklist you can use to start putting your own contingency plans in place. This is something that's been on my mind for a few weeks now, probably because the husband and I have been being adults and doing adult things like getting a will written. That's one of those things that we don't often like to think about or to talk about, but it's something we all really have to do if you want to have any control over what happens to your assets once you're gone. I was chatting with a friend of mine recently And she made a really good point about this as well. She said that she and her husband worked with an attorney to get as much of their estate handled ahead of time because they didn't want the surviving spouse to be any more stressed than they will already be. That's a really important consideration and one that's got me thinking about business too, because as a small business owner, we have even more things to handle in the event of an emergency. Part of the process we're going through with our personal assets is choosing who gets to make medical and financial decisions for us if we're incapacitated and unable to decide for ourselves. And that brings up another really good point about business. Who makes those important decisions there if you can't do it? So that's what we're talking about today. I know it's not sexy and it's not fun, and at times it might even get pretty uncomfortable. But it's so important, and as the year is winding down and you're planning out your next year of business growth, I want you to take some time to put these critical plans in place too. It will bring you so much peace of mind, I promise. So let's talk about some of the things you might want to start thinking about so that your business doesn't fall apart if you get sick and you can't work, or so that your spouse or your kids or your partner aren't left to manage the chaos after you're gone. We're going to look at this from three potential scenarios. What happens if you become incapacitated or unable to work for a short time? What happens if you can't work long term? And what happens if you pass away? We'll start with the least stressful and work our way up. And I'm going to strongly recommend that you create an actual document here with all of this information in it and that you make sure someone, your spouse, your business partner, a trusted VA, whoever, but someone needs to know where this document is and what to do with it in case you are out of commission. Let's start with a short-term issue. Let's say you can't work for several days or maybe even several weeks. Your business probably isn't going to fall apart in that time. Chances are good 
You can still make decisions and organize and coordinate things. You just can't do the actual day-to-day work. So what does that look like? Maybe, for example, you're a writer and you break your wrist and you can't type. So that's going to happen for several weeks, but you're not completely out of commission. You're not unable to make decisions. You're not unable to communicate. You just can't do the day-to-day work. Or maybe you're a website designer and something happens and you have a detached retina, for example. I actually worked with a guy that that happened with, and he couldn't look at a computer screen for at least two weeks. So if you're a website designer and you can't look at a computer screen for two weeks, your business is essentially not running during that time. But it doesn't even have to be something bad. Maybe it's something happy. Maybe you have a baby or you buy a new house or you decide to go on vacation or a family member comes to visit and you want to spend time with them. A few years ago, my mother-in-law came to visit for several weeks from another country, and I didn't want to have to work during that time. I didn't want to have to work all of the hours I was used to working. I wanted to be able to spend time with her and go do things with her and my husband. So I had to make plans ahead of time in order for that to happen. So I want you to start thinking about what plans do you need to have in place to make this situation, whether it's happy or sad or even just a frustrating detour in your life, but what plans should you put in place to make it less stressful? So let's start with money. I'm talking about emergency funds here. The very most important thing that we did as new solo business owners when I first quit my job and decided to go full-time from home, the most important thing that we did was to stash away some emergency cash. We had a number in mind that we wanted. We wanted to make sure that we could cover at least three months of our personal expenses just in case something happened, just in case the work didn't come in, just in case I couldn't work, just in case whatever. You want to have some sort of cash on hand. And when I say on hand, I mean in the bank. I don't mean stash it under your mattress. But you want to have some sort of emergency fund in place So that in case you can't work or in case business goes downhill, you can still pay your bills. You don't want to have to worry about paying the bills while you're snuggling a new baby or you're trying to get your typing hand back up to speed. So I recommend that you stash away as much as you can, one to three months worth of personal expenses at a minimum. Six months is way better. A year, if you can swing it, that's going to make you feel so, so much better. So please make it a point to start building up that emergency fund if you haven't already done so. And even if you're only able to put away a few dollars a month, that's a start and it will grow and you'll be so glad you have it in case you ever need it. But while having cash on hand is important, it won't keep your clients or your customers happy if you just up and disappear for a few weeks. So let's talk about what to do about them next. The first thing is client care. So if you, for example, do done-for-you services like I used to do, you're going to want to have plans in place to maybe arrange for another provider to take over temporarily. So for example, maybe if you're going to go on vacation, you want to turn your clients over to another virtual assistant or to another freelancer to handle any emergencies that might come up for them. So just so that somebody is in place while you're gone and you don't have to worry about it. You could also bring on another team member who can handle those tasks. But here's the thing with that. You want to make sure that those people are trained ahead of time. Don't just bring on a team member and then when something happens and you can't do the freelancing work, you can't do your VA work, you just 
toss them into the deep end of the pool and let them sink or swim. They need to be trained ahead of time. So you want to build that into your plans. Or maybe what happens is you just pause your contract for a few weeks. Now, this is something you would need to coordinate ahead of time, obviously, but this could work if you are moving house or you're going on vacation or you're going on maternity leave. You could make arrangements to pause that contract ahead of time. These same things work if you're a coach as well. So before we were talking about service providers and how they can handle their clients, if you're a coach and you have clients, you can also make arrangements to pause your contract or maybe end your contract early. It's going to depend, again, if you are able to plan ahead of time for one of those happier events or, I don't know, maybe even a not so happy event, you can plan ahead of time for things like elective surgery and whatnot. But if you are able to plan ahead of time, you can make plans to pause or end your coaching contracts when you are unable to work. Next, what about customer support? So if you, for example, have courses or a membership site like I have, you're going to want to have a plan in place to keep that going. So for my membership site, what might be the plan for ongoing content? I have a commitment to my members that I create new content for them every month. So one thing that I would want to do is keep a couple of courses in the can, as they say in the film industry, for release, just in case I can't create something new that month. I want to have something on hand that I can just drop into their membership to keep the membership going without having to actually put any additional work into it. What about live components? A year ago, my dad passed away and it was not unexpected, but I did have to take some time off of work. And I have a live component that happens in my membership. We have Q&A calls twice a month. So when my dad passed away, I wasn't able to do those calls. His funeral was on the day of one call and I actually traveled to see him to be able to say goodbye to him on the day of another call. So I missed two calls in a row there. And I asked a friend of mine to come in and handle that live call for me so that my members didn't miss out. They actually got something of value because the friend that I asked to come in was able to talk to them about something that I don't normally cover, which is SEO. So my friend came in and he covered that live call for me. My members got good content. They didn't miss out on anything. And I didn't have to worry that I wasn't able to be there for them. So you want to start thinking in the back of your head, how am I going to handle that? If I have a membership site, how am I going to handle that? How am I going to keep those live components moving? How am I going to keep any content that I have promised my members? How am I going to keep that rolling? How am I going to keep that coming out? on schedule, even if I can't work. Now, what if you don't have a membership site, but you create courses? Well, if you can't work, there's probably no real urgent need to create new courses. Our goal here with having this plan in place, if you are incapacitated or unable to work for the short term, the goal is really to keep the business level just to keep the income right where it is. We're not looking at growing your income We'd probably be okay in the short term if the income even goes down a little bit. So it's we're not looking at business growth here. We're looking at business maintenance. So for courses, there's probably no urgent need to create any, anything new unless you've already committed to that or unless you're maybe in the middle of a course and you're launching live components. Say you've got a, a six-week course and you're releasing those modules every week, then you might need to make plans to keep that going if you're in the middle of that course launch. But otherwise, 
there's no real need to be creating new courses at that time. If there is a need, you can potentially hire a writer to do that for you. You can work with done-for-you content if that works in your niche. There's a lot of different ways that you can handle that. You could even have an additional course, like I said, in the can that you could release if you needed to. Now, I am making an assumption here that you're able to be in touch with your clients and your customers, that you're not so incapacitated that you can't send an email or pick up the phone. If that's the case, though, you're going to need to make sure that in your planning document that you leave instructions and you appoint somebody to make those phone calls or send those emails on your behalf. So again, I want you to create an actual document with actual instructions for someone in there so that they know what to do in case you can't work. And in the case of a short-term pause from work, a short-term hiatus, maybe you can handle some of these things, or maybe you just want to point somebody to this document and say, hey, can you take care of this for me? Can you reach out to my clients? Can you reach out to my customers? Can you put my coaching contracts on hold? Can you put my client contracts on hold for me? But you want to have those instructions in place ahead of time. Make those decisions ahead of time. Don't wait until something happens to try and decide then because that's really the wrong time to be making these decisions. You want to know ahead of time how you're going to handle these situations. Now, what about marketing? I said that we're trying to keep the business on an even keel. We're not trying to grow the business as you're not working. That's not our goal here. We're just trying to keep the doors open and keep the income relatively level. But what about marketing? You could put the whole thing on hold while you're out of commission, but that might mean a drop in income. So how can you keep the marketing going while you're not working? For a lot of us, that means primarily content marketing. So that's things like blog posts and podcasts and email marketing. How do we keep that going? My recommendation for blog posts, you can create them in advance. Again, just like with courses or a membership site, you can have things already created. You can be a month or six weeks or eight weeks ahead of time in your content creation, ideally, and then you don't have to worry about it. You can pause your blog if that's what you're doing. You can hire a writer. You can invite guest posts. A couple of years ago, a friend of mine in the internet marketing circle, somebody I've been acquainted for several years, had to have surgery and she was out for a while. And another friend of mine coordinated a bunch of us to get together and create blog posts for her. So every week, a new post went up on her website and she didn't have to do anything. We logged in, we wrote the post, we formatted it, we scheduled it for her, and she didn't have to worry about it at all. So that's an option if blogging is your primary content channel, you can invite guest posts. But like I said, you could just pause or you could rerun blog posts that you posted in the past as well. As for a podcast like I have here, I can create podcasts in advance. I could pause my podcast. Nobody's probably going to die if I did that. I could rerun older episodes. I've seen a lot of podcasters do that recently. For example, Michael Hyatt, at the time of this recording, has been on a sabbatical for three months, and he's been rerunning older podcast episodes. So obviously, that's going to work better since he's got 300 or 400 episodes already produced. I have 13. I can't really rerun older episodes at this point, but I could create them in advance, which is something that I recommend you do as well. As for email marketing, that one's easy. 
I have personally enough emails written that I could rerun those older emails pretty much forever and probably nobody would notice. But you can also have somebody else write your emails. You could have a team member write them. You could hire a writer. You could create them in advance. There's all kinds of things you can do there to keep your email marketing running if that's your primary content channel. Now, what about paid ads or other promotions you might have going on? I highly recommend if you run paid ads as a part of your business, that the first thing someone does when you become incapacitated is turn off those ads. You don't want to be spending money that maybe nobody is paying attention to. Maybe you're the one who runs those ads and you're the one who knows if they're being effective. You don't want somebody else who is not as knowledgeable as you spending money like that when you are unable to work. So turn off those paid ads or have someone else who is really well-trained in them who can monitor them on your behalf. If you have interviews scheduled, maybe you do podcast interviews or you do guest blog posts or whatever you're doing in that capacity, you can pause or reschedule those. And if you have speaking engagements booked, obviously you're going to need to cancel or reschedule those as well. Now, hopefully, in the best case scenario, you're going to be able to plan ahead for this short-term work break. You know that you're going to have a baby or that you're going to move house or that you're going on vacation. So you can get all of this in place ahead of time and enjoy your stress-free time away from the business. But if something unexpected happens, having plans in place and having someone who can execute those plans for you can make a bad situation just a little bit better, and it won't leave you with a huge mess to clean up when you're able to get back to work. But what if it's not a short-term situation? What if something more serious happens and you're out of commission for more than a couple of weeks? Being unable to work for several weeks or several months is obviously a bit more serious, and your business might need to be put on hold, or it might need to dramatically change to accommodate this new thing that's happening in your life. You're going to want to make sure that you have a good emergency fund in place to help cover expenses and to minimize your risk. You may also need to close certain parts of your business. If you have coaching clients, for example, you'll need to make plans for what will happen with those contracts if you can't work. Some parts of your business might continue, but maybe in a bit of a different way. So for example, if you're a service provider, you can have team members who take over some or all of that work for you. I recently heard about a service provider who had a really amazing business going on, and one day she became very, very ill and could not work, and she ended up creating an agency based on that kind of catastrophe that happened to her and she took it and turned it into something good and she created an agency around it and now she has 20 subcontractors who work for her and do the majority of the work and she's just become, in other words, the salesperson for the business, right? She's the face of the business. She does all of the marketing now. But at that time, it was a bit of a shock to her. She suddenly could not work and she had to completely change her business model to accommodate that. So maybe you can have some team members take over some of that work. Again, if you can, make sure they are trained ahead of time so you're not stressing over that if you are incapacitated for the long term. If you have a membership site, again, it's going to depend on your model and what you've promised your members. You may need to close or pause your membership if that's the case. 
If you're a course creator, pause your course creation or hire it out. There's lots of different things that you can do there, but you want to think about how you're going to handle that if it happens. You can, again, hire writers to keep your content going, keep your blog and your email going. I was talking to a friend of mine just the other day about this. This conversation, by the way, has come up many times for me in the past week. That's why I'm talking about it on the podcast here today, because it keeps coming up. My friends are all talking about it. What am I going to do if I can't work or if I die? What should I do? What plans should I have in place? So I know it's on people's minds. So that's why we're talking about this today. But I was talking to a friend of mine just the other day, and we were talking about what would happen to my business if I couldn't work. And I said, you know what? I have created so much content in the past three years that my business could keep going probably indefinitely just by recycling that same content over and over and over again. I could literally bring on a team member who could go back and recycle those older email campaigns, promoting those older courses, promoting the membership, and it could keep going probably without a hitch, even if I was unable to work. So that's a really good place to be, but you do still need to have those plans in place. You need to be able to tell somebody, what to do in that case. So that's what this planning document is all about in case you are incapacitated long-term. Then there's the big one. What's going to happen to your business if you die? Just like my friend didn't want her husband to be left to figure out their personal finances, it makes sense that as a small business owner, you don't want to leave your family to deal with the leftover business finances and any other details either. You also don't want to leave your customers and your clients in the lurch. I have heard more than one story of a business owner who passed away and who had no contingency plans in place. In one case, and this was several years ago, but in one case, the man was a website hosting provider and he didn't leave a plan in place. So one day his family stopped paying the hosting bills. They didn't know what he did for a living and all of his client sites went offline permanently. In another one, a software as a service provider died and no one was left to update the software. So over time, it just began to fail and eventually it kind of faded away. So creating an if I die folder can help eliminate those situations. The first thing you want to think about in your if I die folder, and again, make sure somebody knows where this is. Don't just create it and leave it on your computer and don't tell anybody about it because that's not going to do anyone any good. So create your folder, your files, your document, whatever that looks like for you, create that and tell somebody where it is and how to use it. The first thing you want to include in this one is all about your business assets. And I'm not just talking about the what and the where, but how to access it and what to do with it. So for example, your websites, where are they hosted? How do you log into them? What should you do with them if you're gone? Should they stay up? How long is the hosting account paid for? Is it month to month or have you paid for a certain term that needs to be canceled? Do you even want to leave the websites up? Maybe you want to take them down. Maybe you want to put them in maintenance mode. Maybe there shouldn't be left up if it's a personal website. Maybe you don't want it left up. Maybe you want it closed right away. Include all of that information and how to access the sites and how to close them down in your document. Now, what about your bank accounts? You need to make sure that people know where your business bank account is and how to get into it. 
The same thing is true for products and courses and membership software. What products have you purchased? What membership sites do you belong to? What membership sites do you own? What happens to those? Do they need to be closed? Do members need to be canceled? Do courses need to be archived? There's all kinds of things that can happen there, but you need to think about all of those business assets you have and what needs to happen to them if you're no longer going to be updating them. And what about physical merchandise? I know some of my listeners are Amazon sellers, FBA sellers. Do you have physical merchandise in Amazon warehouses somewhere that needs to be dealt with? Make sure you leave instructions for that. And finally, what about hardware? Your computer, your printer, maybe you've got cameras, maybe you're a YouTuber and you've got all kinds of camera equipment, or maybe you're a podcaster like me and you've got podcasting equipment. What happens to that? Do you want it to be sold? Do you want it to be donated? How do people access it? What do they do with it? They're not going to know. My husband would not know probably even how to get into my computer if I wasn't here. So make sure that somebody knows that or has a document that tells them how to get into that. And what about the tools and the software that you use in your business? I'm talking about things like payment processors or course hosting or video hosting or training or memberships that you belong to. Those contracts need to be turned off. Those payments need to be turned off if you're paying for something ongoing. Your PayPal account needs to be closed. Your Vimeo account needs to be canceled. All of that stuff. For me, it's things like Deadline Funnel, and I pay for Adobe Acrobat every month. I pay for Amazon S3. I pay for Acuity Scheduling. All of those things need to be canceled. One good way to know which ones need to be canceled is to check your credit card or your PayPal account. That's where you're going to find a full list. So if you have forgotten, and believe me, that's easy to do. You can forget what you're paying for. Check those, check your credit card, check your PayPal account, and you will see exactly what you are paying for and what needs to be canceled. You don't want to be paying for those after you're gone because it's just eating into the money that would go to your family. And what about your contractors? How are your contractors going to get paid? Where are their contracts? What needs to happen with them? Who's going to take care of the closing of the business? Who's going to manage that? Who's going to coordinate all of that? Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your business partner. Maybe it's a trusted virtual assistant, but you need to make that decision ahead of time. And what about your clients? If you're a service provider, you're going to need to make arrangements to return any client files. You're going to need to make arrangements to hand off any work instructions or SOPs to their new provider if they have one or to them if they don't have a new provider in place yet. You're going to need to make arrangements to refund any unused time if necessary. And don't forget about money that you are owed as well. For example, I belong to several affiliate programs. On any given day, those affiliate programs owe me from several hundred to several thousand dollars. So I want to make sure that if something happened to me, that my husband knows where those accounts are and that he can keep track so that he gets paid because that money is owed to me. The same thing is true for JV partnerships. Maybe you've got a course with a partner or a membership with a partner. You want to make sure that that money continues to come in and that that it is accounted for. And the same is true for any payment plans for courses that you've sold. Maybe you sell a large course that's two or $3,000 and people have payment plans on that. You want to make sure that that money continues to come in as well because they have accessed your product. They have 
purchased your product, they've gotten delivery of it. So those payment plans need to continue, but someone needs to know that they exist so that they can follow up. So as I've said all along, don't just create this document and forget about it or create these plans in your mind and then not do anything with them. Make sure that someone knows where this document is, that you've got things written down, and make sure that you go back periodically and update it. That's so important. An outdated document is not going to do anybody any good, just like it's not going to do them any good if they don't find it until six years after you passed away. Now, I'd really like to hear from you after this rather serious podcast episode. I want to know, do you have contingency plans in place? Are you prepared for an emergency? And if you've got an idea for being better prepared, something I didn't cover here, something you thought of that needs to be included, I would love to hear that as well. Leave me a comment over at tinycourseempire.com slash 13. And don't forget to pick up that checklist while you're there. Then on next week's episode, we're going to tackle what I hope is a much more fun topic. I'm going to tell you all about how I'm planning for the coming year, and I'll share my project priorities mind map with you as well. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss it. Have a terrific day, everyone, and I will talk to you again next week. If you like what you hear on the Tiny Course Empire podcast, you're going to love all of the courses you'll find inside my Six Figure Systems membership. That's my monthly membership where we dig into online marketing for regular people like you and me. We don't do big launches or have the big headaches and the big expenses that come with them. Instead, we focus on creating repeatable, sustainable systems that continue to grow over time and that don't suck up all of our energy or require a 10-person team to manage. You can come see what we're all about at sixfiguresystems.com, and I'll see you on the inside.